Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Anybody in the house ready to praise the Lord today? I don't know if y'all know it or not, but I got a new shirt. Can I tell you something? It's just a shirt. Can I tell y'all something? It's not what's on the outside of us. How many of you got something real important on the inside of you? You know what it is. It's Jesus. I'm so thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for the presence of the Lord. And I got to tell you, I just want to make it clear today. I want the Lord fill this place with his presence I want us today to see mine lifted up I want his train and his glory to fill the temple I want every heart man to, to worship today just, just let it be on our minds just to focus on him a lot of distractions a lot of stuff man going on but today when the word of God says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you Hamio gonna make some room for what he's got well we want him to we want him to add it we gotta make room for him come on let's talk to the father Lord we love you we sing songs like Lord there's none like you Nobody can do for me what you can do. We sing all of that. But God, I want you to know today that it's not just God, an adulterated tongue that sings it today. But God, today we sing with an unadulterated tongue. Not one God to worship self, but one God today to worship you. As we lift our voices, as we lift our hands, as... God, maybe his joy just breaks out in somebody's soul. Or God, tears of humbleness, God, or tears of thankfulness, God, stream down cheeks. We pray that you take that as just more than a sign outwardly, but God, of something that's truly ministering on the inside of us. And today, God, that I don't know what kind of attitude that everybody walked in with, but God, right now, we change that to gratitude, and we just say we're so thankful to be in your house. That God, we're so thankful. today that we can assemble in your name that you've given us a place today we love you Lord 
we give you all the glory. And Father, we just give you permission. Blow our socks off. God, just let us leave this place barefooted, Father, when we've been in your presence, knowing that we've come before a holy God. Do what you do. In Jesus' name. The more I seek you,
So set a fire down in my soul. I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, more of you. Less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you, more of you. squirrel and every rabbit he is <laughs> then how many of us could declare today that you own me Lord you own me you own me wow I know God is so good and he's able according to the word of God to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can even ask or think and I'm trusting for him to do that today. I'm trusting for him to do that today. Mm, mm, mm. You know, I'm tall right now, but 
pray for him, man. I'm so transparent with you, Lord. Probably shouldn't be as transparent. I just want to tell you today, before I even get started, in Acts chapter 3, I feel impressed right now in the spirit. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give you. I think that the Lord, no, I believe. I believe the Lord wants to give so much to us. And for whatever reason, we put the lid of blessing upon us. And it's as though we tie his hands. We tie his hands by saying, I'm not worthy to receive that. I've done too much. I've done too little. Whatever that it may be. But if we could ever get to the point, Kathy, to where we could say, Lord, I want everything that you have for me. Every blessing that you've assigned to my life, I want it. I want it not for my glory, but I want it that I may give you glory. It's an amazing paradox today in the fact that there are people trying to end their life and there are people that are fighting for their life. You see much of this today in church. And I want to tell you today, really, just two words. Just live. 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 Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father, which is from above. And in whom there's no variables, no shadow of turning. Meaning that God is not shady. He's not this way one day and that way the next. God doesn't love me one day and hate me the next. Can I tell you something? God loves me every day. That doesn't mean, (laughs) and to describe the word happy to God is pretty lame, but bear with me. To say that God is happy when I do wrong would be a a very false statement. God loves me whether I do right or wrong. And I can tell you this, the wrongs in my life would preach my destiny. But the rights in my life that are ascribed to the righteousness of the blood of Jesus will give me a destiny in a place called heaven and a savior called Jesus that one day my eyes will behold I'm not waiting till I get there to see the difference I already see a difference don't you all can't you haven't you been able to see a difference the way God has moved in, in your life the enemy would do anything that he could to keep you from praising him to keep you from thanking him today and without the piano how many of you today could just praise the Lord for what he's done and just thank him for what he's done how many of you could keep on clapping keep on praising and not waiting on somebody else to stop
Heard a song once that said, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of our testimony. Last week, when you see this block here, we all have an assignment. If I were to turn that around, it'd be salvation. You know, that's the weight you left at Calvary. That's the sin weight that you left. And you didn't realize it, but when you pick up that assignment, there's weight to that assignment. It's heavy. But I said last week, that's what keeps us from getting blown away. And the simpleness of what that is, somebody says, what is it? There's a weight to the call. But it's been the very thing that over the course of years that men and women of God have been able to see that it was the weight of God and the weight of the call that kept them grounded. I'm thankful tonight for that. Or excuse me today for that. If you have your Bibles, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. your Bible today, say amen. amen. If you think everybody should bring their Bible, say amen. amen. If you're mad at me, say amen. amen. <laughs> I set y'all up, didn't I? I did. <laughs> I want to talk about again today the acceleration of the apostasy. Today, uh, it's my heart to bring to you three things that I see that is going on. You've probably heard of most of it. You've probably seen most of it, but this word is, is for all of us that are in this house. I want to tell you that the enemy has not grown lax or not become lax or complacent on his call either and his job, and that's to steal, kill, and destroy. He still wants to disturb, he still disguises, and he still wants to distract so he can destroy. He still wants to do all these things. And as subliminal as it may be, and as hard as it may be to see, the enemy is at work. He's at work. Does he have the victory? Yes, if we give it to him. But how many of you know he's a defeated foe? We've read the end of the book and we win. We win. If you'd like to stand with me for the reading of God's word, I'll start. The preface is Paul is getting ready to speak to the church here in Thessalonica. The thought is this, and many have already quit their jobs. Many have already, if you will, they've really sold what they have. They believe that Jesus is there, that he's coming, and kind of the, the thought that, hey, listen, it's over, it's finished, it's done. And he's coming to say that we still have work to do. And that's much of what I was 
talking about last week. Turn to somebody and say, occupy till he comes. We got to get busy. We got to stay busy. Now we beseech you, therefore, brethren, verse 1, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there be a come, or except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that ye, he might be revealed in this last time. In verse 7, which we kind of launched from last week. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he now who letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then that wicked shall be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness or deceitfulness of righteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Wow. For this cause God shall send them a strong delusion or even what seems to be an error that they should believe a lie. That they all may be damned or condemned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Would you pray with me? God, today, that's the power of your word, God, that even as we speak it and as we bring that forth, God, you have the power to change lives today through the, through the presence and the power of this word, declaring today that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And God, we quote that often. It's for correction. It's for instruction. It's for those things, God, that you, you said it was for to thoroughly furnish us. I pray today, God, that he that hath an ear, let him hear. And Holy Ghost, we know that it's through you, that we, it's not through a fleshly ear, but God, today, through the Holy Ghost and through the Spirit, let us hear what you have to say. God, today, I can declare again that I'm humbled to stand behind the sacred desk in this pulpit that you've appointed. God, I pray today, maybe... Now, I pray today, God, that you would hide me behind the cross. I wanted to say maybe even more so now than you ever have before. So good, Lord. Holy Ghost, make your intention plain. Make your presence real. So that every man, woman, and child can they leave this place having a greater understanding and a salvation that is real and will stand the test of time. We love you, Lord. You're amazing. Do what you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated. So as I spoke to you before about the acceleration and by the way, praying for those that are on fall break and as they're coming home, and we pray that even if you're watching or listening online, that you have a safe journey back or wherever this message may find you somewhere down the road. I come today to, to, to really do this, to maybe reinforce what I was even speaking last week, that as you've seen me bring three people up here and how there was represented with the Old Testament, the New Testament, 
And then what was to come, basically those three doors out of Revelation chapter 3 and the first verses of chapter 4. That door there at Philadelphia that I've opened a door that no man can shut. And if I shut a door, no man can open, said the Lord. Then that other piece that we see in the Laodicean church, which means basically judged by the people or governed by the people. We can see that when that takes place, just in that word Laodicea, that then Jesus is there knocking and he's outside the church. The thing that I'm asking myself today is this, is for the very one that we prepared for and the very one that we should ask for, and yet today in many of our churches, maybe Jesus is not even welcome anymore. Is it the very one that, that we, we rely upon ourselves and we rely upon the intellect and we even rely upon the charisma of preachers and pastors and praise team to bring people to Jesus? Can I tell you something? I still believe it takes the Holy Ghost of God to bring people to God. I still believe, according to the Word of God, that those that are of a broken and contrite spirit, I still believe in a brokenness, that brokenness of one's will that, that comes to him and they can truly say, I can't go on without you in a desperation in such a way that I have to have you above everything else, not my intellect, not, not anything else that I can do, but rather everything and anything that you do. I have to have that. So as I see these things coming in here at the end of days and then after this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. What I'm thinking today and what I'm seeing today is there is an open heaven. And there's another door that is being opened. And just as it says in John chapter 1, what we're seeing is this, is the angels ascending and ascending, much as it was in the days of Christ. And I'm seeing the power of God move upon men, women, and children that simply say, I want more of God and less of me as we sing. And not for my glory, but for His glory to be represented and presented in such a way that people say, I want what you got. I want that. And that's what I see. And at the same time, as I spoke last week, building on that foundation from last week, another door is being opened of what I think is ancient spirits and different things that, that Rick is going on much today is that these things are being unleashed because when you look at the Scripture there that we just used in 2 Thessalonians, until that day that he that lets will let. That when you look at that piece of Scripture, most people believe it's one of two things or possibly a combination of both, which is the Holy Spirit and or the church. I like to think it's much of one put together. What about a Holy Ghost-filled church? What about a body of believers that believes not in what they can do, but in what God can do? What about a church that has a love-hate relationship with God? What are you talking about? Loving God and hating sin. You see, this is the part to where we really have to come to is that we love God, and listen, you can't love God and not hate sin. Why? Because He's holy, He's righteous, He's pure. And by the way, can I tell you something? He's still, I want to declare today, that He can still put the devil on the run through the power of His Son's name, through Jesus Christ. I believe that. And so today as we're seeing this, there's an unleashing, because what is happening is that now in this America, remember from last week, People are declaring that God is not even the God of this nation anymore. Whether or not you want to believe that, I want to tell you this, is that whether He is or not, He's still the God of my soul. Can I get a witness in the house? Still the God of my heart. And this falling away, three things that I see. It's not anything really new. But I think I just want to confirm and affirm 
where we're at here. As Paul is speaking to them, he's saying this. He said, listen, keep working. Don't quit doing what you're doing. It's not time yet. And he's saying, I'm seeing this, that he cannot come unless there be a falling away first. Now, when I say that falling away, that when we look at that, you find that there's something that's going on simultaneously. That I'm seeing something work that isn't though there's a falling away, there's a gathering together unto him. And when I say that, it's not just about coming to church. It's about coming to him. And so as the people are falling away, there's a gathering together simultaneously working. And I think when you look around, you can see that. I know I can. And so when we see these things going on, we can see that he says that you be not soon shaken in mind. I want to talk about that for just a moment. I want to talk about things that shake your mind. Today, one of those things may be the fact that We've heard a lot of rhetoric this week and a lot of saber rattling may be or maybe be truce that Putin and different things that are going on between Russia and Ukraine, we're hearing the nuke story again. We're hearing those things again. And you know what? That's put maybe some of us on edge, maybe some of you on edge. Maybe it's, maybe it's that and we're wondering what's going to become of all these things. Can I tell you, if this whole world were to be absolutely exploded by a nuclear bomb, you still can't take my Jesus. This is the thing. Set your sights and your affections on things that are above, not things that are here. The Word of God tells us in the book of Jude that there's going to be many spirits that go out into the world. And the thing that they were saying, that Jude was saying is this, is that there's many sensual things that are going on. And that's where the enemy wants to operate. And I'm going to talk about this in just a moment. But sensual, working through your senses. And working in that regard in your life. How many of you believe today that God has not given us the spirit of fear? How many of you receive that? Could you just give God some praise? The only reason I just want you to give Him praise. I want you to thank Him for it. Here's why. Now, if we were to say that, and that was all of it, then that means that we don't have fear. But this kingdom walk is not just what I don't have. It's what I do have. So God is not, Brother Mike, give me the spirit of fear, but of love. Somebody shout love. love. Somebody shout power. Love. Somebody shout, I got a sound mind. You see what I'm talking about? This happens so many times when somebody gets saved, everything goes out. And how is it that happens that when things are taken out, then if it's left vacant, then the enemy's still got a place to come back in. But if he takes out of you hopelessness and brings hope, if he takes out of you despair and brings you joy, then then you are filling this temple back up. But it's the vacancies that are in your life where the enemy begins to use as a playground in your mind. And he will ramsack your mind. So God has not given me the spirit of fear. And that is one spirit today that is running rampant in not just, listen, most everyone's life. So, let's talk about the mind. Let's talk about not being shaken in mind. Are there things that concern me? Absolutely. Absolutely. But my greatest threat today is not whether or not a nuclear weapon is pointed toward Washington, D.C. or Fort Knox or anywhere else. The greatest weapon now that is being formed against the church is what is a cultural weapon coming against our children, coming against the covenants of marriage. Well, did you think I was going to leave that out? You think I'm just going to preach part of the gospel? 
I declare today that those weapons may be formed, but they shall not prosper in Jesus' name. I believe that. I believe in the sanctity of life, not just within the womb, but I believe it ought to be in our sidewalks and in our streets. I believe that when respect for God and honor to God comes back, can I tell you something? The gun is not the issue. It's the evil heart. And somebody's like, oh, here he goes again. Here he goes. Here he goes. Can I tell you? That weapon is not what's there. It's the heart of a man that is deceitful above all things. And when you lose honor and you lose respect and you lose God in a country or you willfully neglect him, this is exactly what happens when a nation forsakes God. <laughs> Lock the doors, guys. A sound mind. Scripture tells me that he that keeps his, I say this often because it's central to my soul. He that keeps his mind stayed on the Lord, he will keep him in perfect peace. I've got the enemy trying to pull me here, the enemy trying to pull me here. But he says, you keep your mind stayed on me. And I'll keep you in perfect peace. The mind. What is the mind? It, it amounts to this, according to Thayer's Dictionary, and its definition is this. It involves the intellectual faculty, the understanding, its reasoning, even in a narrower sense. It's the power of consider, considering and judging soberly, calmly, and impartially. That's a lot to say. Let me talk about things in your mind and how you process stuff. It really boils down to three things if you're a note taker. Write down thought. I got a little hyphen here. Thought slash feeling slash will. Your mind is really composed and your actions are composed upon these three things. Scripture would tell us that you hear from me often, may have already heard it today, such as a man thinks. There used to be a saying back when I was a child going to school, maybe it's still there today, but you are what you eat. I love bacon. Hope it don't make me a pig, but I love bacon. But I'm going to tell you, if there's anybody here who don't love bacon, you need saving. I'm going to tell you right now. You need some saving. You put that besides business and gravy, man, I've got a trifecta. Come on now. I've got a trifecta. <laughs> My thoughts... My feelings and my will. So let's take this for an example. When we talk about not being soon shaken in mind, I'll use it in the positive sense. So have you ever thought, been on an elevator, and have you ever thought, oh, that person looks down. That person looks upset. That person, mm, that's a thought. Now, wait a minute. I feel, I feel like maybe I should say something. Some of you, oh. You thought, you feel, but those have no action. You see, you can think it all day. You can feel it all day. But it's the third level and the progression that makes the difference. And this is what happens to so many people's lives. Watch this. I'm going to experiment here in the church today. Thank you for participating. How many of you think you're saved? Praise be to God. How many of you think you're saved? I got you. Y'all know. So I'm going to ask you again, how many of you think you're saved? Hang on now, y'all. <laughs> like, that rascal. 
It's not good enough. Do you know how many people are sitting today, Tandy, in congregations that are saying, oh, I think I'm saying, are you saying, well, I think I am. Well, you think you are. Tell me based on what, well, I'm a good person. Well, I've done good things. I don't know if you know it or not, but I have. I've fed the poor. I have clothed those that were naked. I've even went to jail. I've even done, went to jail to help them, not. Any of it. So, see, based on my merit, then I believe and I think, I not believe, I, be, I think I'm, I'm going to be saved. Well, that's a work salvation. Then what about this? How many of you feel saved? Y'all ain't falling for it now. I feel saved. Let me ask you this. Christian, true Christian, have there ever been days you don't feel saved? Raise your hand. What's it like to feel saved anyway? You know, here's the thing. The third level of this is key, and Jesus shows us, not my will, but, not my will, but it's not enough to think it. It's not just enough to think it. It's not just enough to feel it. It's the will of God that changes the will of God for your life. What is the will of God? The will of God is that everyone would be saved. The will of God is that we would lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. The will of God continues to expand. But it's really to where our will meets His will. Can I tell you something? There's been so many times that I've come in here feeling like I don't want to preach. A whole lot more times feeling like I didn't want to pastor. It's another story. We'll leave that. But it's not up to what I think. It's not up to what I feel. It's whether or not, Lillian, that I have separated or we have separated under the will of God. How many of you believe it's the will of God for you to be saved? So see, if I'm not going to be shaken in mind, then that means this, that everything that's coming against me, listen, I may think a thought, but if you do not capture that thought, then that is going to become a roaring freight train in your mind sent from hell that will take you farther than you want to go if you don't capture it. Well, I think they may never come back. I think they may never leave. I think this, I think that. Can I tell you? Now build on that. And tell me where your mind will be. And then you get... I don't even feel like I want to be around them anymore. Hello, married people. But see, the problem is this. I don't think we're married. There's times. <laughs> the deep's calling under the deep right now to hush. I love this thing is, is this, is that I don't think, I don't feel. Will is tied to covenant. Will is tied to a holy covenant with God. That means that when they're sick, Shannon, when there's this, when there's that. You know, the covenant is not say for richer or for richer. It doesn't say in health and in health. A covenant says when it's good, when it's bad, and when it's tough. Well, hold on, God. I didn't sign up for this. That's the assignment. 
So how does this shaking in mind? And this is one thing that I tell our young couples. Quit throwing that D word around. You keep doing what you're doing. We'll just get a divorce. That's the worst curse word coming out of a Christian's mouth. Quit threatening. That ain't, a, that ain't God. That's the devil. Did God put you together? Well, now see, Pastor, that's what I want to talk about. I got so much to get to that we ain't going to get to most of it. But when you can get to a place to where your mind and your soul is anchored in Christ, you will no longer be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Listen, Satan will blow, but he won't take you off track. He'll try, but you're still going to be anchored to the course. When Paul is saying this, he says, so that you would not be soon shaken in mind. Today, what am I seeing? This falling away. And it's described right here, this very thing. Into the rudiments of the world. I'm going to try to get most of this out. Stay with me. I'll try. And we're seeing this very thing. This falling away, it amounts to this. It's what I call the now spirits. The now spirits, the self-gratifications, the now, the microwave spirits that i got to have it now because I deserve it because of this and instead of waiting. But the now spirits is where we are. Ephesians 2, 2, I'll give you scripture. Where in times past, you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince, the power of the air, which is Satan. And the spirit that now works, say now, say now. And it's the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. That word, when you look at that in the Greek or in the New Testament, that when you were to look it up in the Strong's, it would mean this, unbelief and rebellion. Now, to not believe a thing is one thing, but to rebel against what is true, this is what you are seeing exposed today, that not only do I not believe you, now I'm going to rebel against the truth. And it becomes like the horse that is stiff-necked and is set on a course. The Word of God says this in Hebrews 4, 6, and 11, Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of their unbelief. Speaking of the Israelites, that they keep going around the same thing over and over and over again, circling the same mountain. And what should have took 40 days took them 40 years. And not wasn't even 40 days, like 12 or something. I don't know how many days. He said because of this, we're seeing that. The Word of God says this in verse 11 of chapter 4. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. I see so many Christians that are restless. Rest in Him. Rest in Him. And can I tell you something? That's not easy for me. I'm going to be very transparent. You say, how can He be that thick and still you can see right through Him? You'll get that later. That when I walk down off of this, this pulpit, or when you get done doing what God has called you to do, can you rest in what you did? Because it's very hard for me. 
And what most of it, with all transparency before you, what I find most of the time is that I use my own life as the, if you will, I use my own life as the screen or, or some type of spiritual x-ray before God to whether or not I pleased myself or pleased you other than pleasing God. See, this is what I know, that I can't lead you to places that I've not been. And the fact is, when we begin to look at ourselves and say, did I do that for me or did I do that for God? And being able to rest in Him that when the Word is preached or that we've had this time to assemble, have I come together just for me or have I come for that other one that nobody else knows? She's sitting alone, he's sitting alone, just wondering if somebody sees them. Turn to somebody. Everybody should hear this from somebody. I see you. Everybody. I see you. And I love you. Because the woman that had the infirmity for all of those years, as she came in, just like she ever did, every day she did before Jesus saw her. And the thing is, I don't just see you, but many times I'll see your infirmity. I'll see the reason that you're bent over. I'll see the reason that you're depressed. I'll see the reason that you're oppressed. And the thing is, just as it were with her, that she couldn't straighten up. The thing is, it's not what's before you. It's what's behind you that's keeping you from looking up. When we begin to say this, and if we could truly get our minds to transform to the point, Brother Stephen, if we could ever get our minds to truly transform, that I didn't just come for me. I really came for you. And I came for him. Wow. Wow. Y'all like, that's not new. You preach it all the time. If y'all get it, maybe I quit preaching it. What are we dealing with? The now spirits. That when it says this, that lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief, that's what we're seeing. And the Word of God goes on to say this in 1 John chapter 4. I'll use verse 3. Talking about the spirit of the Antichrist. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of the Antichrist. Wherever you have heard that it should come, it's here. And the Word has said, even now, say now, already is in this world. What are we going to do? And if that was it, if that was all the scripture, but praise be to God. Look at verse 4. Can you pull it up? Verse 4, please. You're of God. How many of you know you're of God? How do I know I'm of God? I hear the Spirit speaking to me. I believe the Word of God. Little children, and you've overcome them. Now here it is. Because greater is He. Let's get this right. Somebody say, greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Do you know he that's in the world is the spirit of the Antichrist? It's what you're feeling right now. It's the push that you're feeling. It is the slumber, the complacency, the passivity. Every one of these things that are leading to apostasy, this is what you are up against. And I want to say this. There's only one thing that overcomes that, and it's the power of Jesus Christ and the blood and the authority of who he is. Surely it's coupled with the Holy Ghost. Surely it's coupled with the Word in which He truly is. But this is the falling away in which we see, and this is now what's working. 
I know this is teaching. Stay with me. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Say, falling away. Falling is like fading, that when you look at that in Matthew chapter 24, you'll find that the heart of many are waxing cold, that this didn't happen overnight. I witnessed something. That really, last Wednesday night was beautiful. How many of you got to come last Wednesday night? Okay, it was a wonderful time. For those of you that were out of here on fall break, we talked about you. I'm just kidding. We didn't. We didn't. But when I say this, I noticed that as darkness began to come, and Brother Larry, the coolness began to set in, I watched people get closer to the fire. Today, and so much more as we see the day approaching, this is not a time for hearts to be waxing cold, but rather to stay on fire and not to become complacent. Now, not just falling away, but quickly straying away. The Word of God says this, and this is dangerous. This is very dangerous, straying away. Point number two, we're of God. 1 John 4, 6, we're of God, and he that knows God hears us. He that is not of God here doesn't hear us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. I want to talk about that a minute. Notice, notice here the contrast, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. What is that? He says what it is. Those that will hear it, and the spirit speaks it. And we'll hear the spirit of truth. And then the spirit of error I'll talk about in this a minute. Can I tell you something? Sometimes the truth, no, all the time, when it deals with you and me, it's hard to hear the truth. And what I have seen today is the straying away of this. I ain't going to listen to that. I ain't gonna. And then what happens? Our ears become dull. Listen, it becomes, we begin in the flesh, say, oh, I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to go ahead and do this. Can I tell you? Go ahead. But remember, sin will cost you more than you want to pay and take you farther than you want to go. That's not mine. That's somebody else's. You know that. But this straying away now, what has happened? There are sheep that are leaving the fold. It's a straying away. I'll go back to the mind here in just a moment. But what happens is this, is to know the truth and not do it is what? It's sin. That's the reason that the Holy Ghost, that is so important that when that word comes through and when the word is spoken, it's the hearing of the truth. It's the hearing of the truth and the believing of the truth. It's only through the hearing of the truth, receiving of the truth, that one can truly be made free through the power of his name. Error. What that means is this, that when you begin to study that word, you'll find this out, that it means to stray away mentally. That it means when they won't listen, but your mind begins to stray. You begin to ponder other, other realms of possibilities and other things such as this. And what you're seeing now is the deconstruction even of somebody's faith that used once to seem to be solid. But now through that, there becomes a deconstruction of their faith. There was a man recently that for as many as six or eight years has told me that he was saved. And I've seen the struggle with sin. I've seen all these things that were in his life. And I'm saying, man, brother, you know this. And then last Sunday up at the bridge, he bows at the altar. He confesses before God. Did he get it there? No, but he got it on the way home. Now stay with me. For probably well over 20 years, between 20 and 30 years, he's believed the Bible. He's even believed the Word. 
But his confession today before the congregation at the bridge was that I believed the word. I even believed in God, but I didn't believe it for myself. Last Sunday, he says, I got saved on the way home. Can we give God praise? Now, here's why. It's coming to the knowledge of truth. This man had had a horrible battle with things of the flesh. Never getting victory. Why? Because truly, Jesus was not on the seat or the throne of his own heart. It won't stop there mentally when they come to that place. The Word of God says, now the Spirit speaks expressly. And I mentioned this last week, that in latter times which in which we're living, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and the doctrine of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. It's upon each one of us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. As I say that today, I'm not here to split theological lines because I've already dealt with what I think, what I feel, and what I know, and in whom I believe. That beyond a shadow of a doubt, for those of you that are in this place, believe that Jesus and through His blood has saved you and set you free. Can I tell you, never get tired, never get weary of praising Him and thanking Him for what He's done in your life. Never, 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 never get tired of that. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Romans 8, 14, and 15, for as many as are led, once again a contrast, much as with truth and error, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Word of God says in verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear. Here's another one of these double-edged things. You've not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear. Now, I know that has implications with the law in which Paul is speaking here in chapter 8. I understand that. But the law will bind you. But the law will also lead you to Christ. Because without having known of wrong, how can we turn to what is right? It's pretty simple. It's pretty elementary. So when we look at that, but many have not received the spirit of bondage again out of fear. And I love this, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Man, that's powerful. I'm not in bondage again under fear. I'm don't, Amy, I don't walk around saying, oh, if I fail today, I'm going straight to hell. Oh, that if I have that thought, if I do this, if I, can I tell you, I don't walk in that anymore. That is not a grace walk. It can't be. It's got to be more than that. However, if I sin, I have an advocate with the Father. Who is that? It's not the Pope. It's not Hagee. It's not Furtick. It's not Wayne Clemens. They shouldn't even be in that list. But how many of you can thank God right now that there's one mediator between God and man and His name is Jesus Christ? And listen, He rose from the dead. And listen, He just didn't go into oblivion. Right now when Satan accuses you, He is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession. That Election's coming up. You better vote as godly as you can. You better vote as close to that. Here it comes. You better vote as close to that Bible as you can. Does that mean red or blue? I said you vote as close to that Bible as you can. Because I'm telling you right now, if you're an advocate for, advocate for hell, who are you representing? I said all that to say this. 
is do you know this, that when I say that, I'm thinking about delegates, I'm thinking about representatives, I'm thinking about people that we have here locally that sit on our state assemblies, I'm thinking about people within our state that sit on national assemblies in the houses of, in the houses of Congress, different things like that. Do you know what? Here's the sad thing today is that many of them have forgotten that they work for us. By the way, if any of y'all are watching, I love you. And here's the only place it changes. Who are we working for? If we're working for God, then I have a God vision. I, have a God, I should have a God vision. And how do they line up with the Word of God? I'm sorry today. I know that it seems as though it's a lesser of two evils. But I'm telling you today, vote as close to that Bible as you can. Now, in saying that, we, we sit in heavenly places because we have a representative named Jesus Christ that is making intercession. Praise be to God. Wow. That when Satan comes in and accuses, I don't just stand open and naked under the enemy to attack. There's Jesus that says, wait just a minute. There's Jesus that says, hold on a minute. They were saved by my blood. I don't stand open to the attack of the enemy because the blood of Jesus has been applied and Jesus is standing yet in my stead. I got to get done. Three things. Falling away, straying away. And the third one that's not going to be popular, Jake, I'm going to need to ask for you. Yeah, there you are. Come on up, praise team. I'm going to need y'all to play some music. This last one's tough. This last one, how many of you believe people are falling away? How many of you ever see people that are straying away? How many of you have had a child, and how many of you know you stay right here? What do they do? You stay, what do they do? They stray away. They stray away. I told you all this. It ain't been that long ago. I told you all again. I tell my kids, when Jake and Logan were little, I told them, I said, y'all stay right here with us. They were gone. Walmart, gone. Gone, Jack. We know where to find them. You remember, Amy, we peep around the corner, see them in the toys. And I said, we told them. I went up the front of the store. I told you this ain't been that long ago. I told you this. I went up I went up to the front, and I said, would Bubby and Sissy Clemens please come to the front? Your dad wants you to come to the front. Can I tell you, of course, they were both bubbies. And they got up, Dad, how could you do that? What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Can I tell you something? It's real today. God is calling his people to stay close. There's a gathering together unto him. I would not be on the outer fringes and even thought of my Christianity. Be close to him. You need scripture? What did he say? Draw nigh to me. Well, that's pretty easy. Cleanse your hand, you sinners. Purify your heart, you. We all want to hear that resist the devil, Brother Chris. We want to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You better get. You better get. No power in that. In the name of Jesus, get behind me, Satan. You no longer have the right to rule over my life and my children. 
I'm getting to the third one. Not just falling away, not just straying away. But there's many that are being led away. The Word of God says in Matthew 7, 15, this is not going to be popular. Beware of the false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. The spirit of the Antichrist, that when you begin to look at that, you will find that just as it has, just as we have a Holy Trinity, which is the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, much is the same way with the unholy trinity of the enemy. It will be set upon the false prophet, the Antichrist, and Satan himself. And what you're seeing today is false prophets going out into the world. And the thing is that when Scripture would allude to this, no, it wouldn't allude, it would say this, that in these latter times, you're going to have to be able to discern what is godly. Now, I just read to you, the thing is that it's getting harder and harder to discern the things that are going on. So what he's saying here, Jesus is speaking this, and Matthew is all about kingdom. He said, beware of those that come to you in sheep's clothing, but on the inside, the ravening wolves. He said, listen, he said, can you bear fruit from a thorn? Can you do that? He's saying, look at their fruits. But it goes further than that. We are living in a time of false prophets. I don't expect I'll ever get asked to do this at a conference. But I'm not here to preach at a conference. By the way, we did have that opportunity last Thursday, went on Friday, and went on Saturday. And by the way, can I tell you that a lot of souls got saved in these past three days. Can we give God some praise for that? I'm thankful for that. So then what is going on? Paul speaks it. In 2 Corinthians 11, 2 and 4, he said, I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so that your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that comes preaches another Jesus, stay with me, church, I'm almost done, preaches another Jesus whom we've not preached, or if you received another spirit which we have not, which you have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might bear well, or you might bear well with him. Another Jesus, another gospel, another spirit. When you begin to look at this, those, those ancient spirits that I talked about before that are tied to Molech, that are tied to Baal, that are tied even to Ishtar, those of the Old Testament, you can see those, the reviving of those, and it all involves self and self-gratification and lustful pleasures and usually has a sexual connotation and different things such as that. But this is the one thing that I see that after Christ, that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, these are the ones that Paul even speaks about. They even speak about whether it's Alexander the coppersmith or those that do much harm. It's the false prophets that we're seeing today. Stay with me. Intercessors, pray for me. I need it. I'm going to share a word here with you. I believe what we're seeing is I'm gonna I put on here the return of false prophets, but I don't know if it's really return. Maybe it's just a revealing. We need to be very careful when we say, Thus saith the word of God. I need to tell you right now that I'm not the one to judge that. I'm not the one for you to look at me and say, What do you think? Can I tell you? Because it should be upon you. Because ye which are spiritual, judge those things which are spiritual. Now, how can we do that without the Holy Ghost of God? Not my flesh, not anything else. How can we do that? I know this is deeper. I'm trying to give you some stuff. 
But whether or not it pleases me, it pleases you, there should be a time. And so I'm not, I don't have anybody categorized in this thing. And I'm not saying, by the way, can I tell you something? How many of you still believe God's healing people? How many of you still believe that God is prophesying through people? How many of you still believe in signs, miracles, and wonders? Well, give God praise for that. How many of you been part of that before? How many of you believe it's a miracle that you got saved? Husbands, you need to look at wives. Wives, you need to look at husbands. You say, praise God for that miracle. See, I believe in that. But what is happening right now is the blurring of the lines. Charisma is not enough. The Word of God says in Acts 16, 16 through 18, and it came to pass as he went to prayer, as we went to prayer, Paul speaking, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. And the same followed Paul and us, crying, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. Many of you have studied this before. You know this, that when you look at that word divination, divination, that when you look at that, it's the word puthon. The ties to the word directly, python, which goes back to Apollos, to Greek mythology, that goes back to Pythia, which was the high priestess within the Greek mythology realm for Apollo. She was considered an oracle, meaning one that people would come and use as a go-between, and they would come, Stephen, away to say, tell me, divine for me, what's going to happen tomorrow? Horoscopes are one thing. But listen, this is the thing we've got to be very careful with today. That when you look at that, and many of you have studied this out, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just, some of you are wondering, what am I battling today? It's the spirit of divination. That when you look at a python, you know, how do they kill you? What do they do to you? It's not the poison. They squeeze you. Well, right now, what I'm seeing, Master Chief, is this, is that many people seemingly are getting the, 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 the life squeezed out of them. You're tired, you're weary, you're worn out, you're wrestling with that spirit. You don't want to admit it, but until you acknowledge it, you will not be able to cast it out. And it goes on this, that it said by Musu saying, which means fortune telling, which means predicting the future. We need to be very careful in this. When you look at this, there's something that's tied here. I'm going to give you an outline, okay? I know y'all are thinking, come on, Pastor. Stay with me. I got to get it out. When did it hit? By the way, let me just tell you this. It's natural to squeeze, constrict, wrestle. It's tied to weariness, unable to breathe. For those heavy anxieties, distress, choke the life out. It wants your worship. It wants your praise. It grips you with fear. It's distractions. It's all these things. And you sense it gripping you. Notice this in verse 16. And it came to pass as we went to prayer. I want you to notice the timing. The Word of God said that this damsel met them as they were going to prayer. It seems as though in my prayer time, I won't use you for an example, I'll use me. It seems as though in my prayer time I'm being squeezed. It seems as though there's every distraction. There's all of these things, Lord, that are there. 
And what does that ultimately look like? It's simply time with my father. And as they went to pray, there it was. And this damsel that had this spirit of divination in her, really it's the only one that is named in that. We could talk today about unclean spirits, evil spirits, seducing spirits. We could talk about all those that are relevant in the day that we live right now. And I'm not trying to put a devil in every doorknob. How many are thankful right now that you have the Holy Ghost? Well, praise be to God. Now notice this. She was possessed and enslaved by both the devil and her masters. That's what it says. Here's what she did. And I've wondered about this scripture for several years. Because this spirit spoke a truth. Watch. This spirit spoke a truth. Stephen, you'll work really good. This is Stephen. He's a servant of the Most High God. Keep watching. Hey, y'all, look. This is Stephen, the servant of the Most High God. Hey, this is Stephen, servant of the Most High God. He's going to show us the way unto salvation. This is Stephen. How many of y'all sick of that yet? This is Stephen. This is Stephen. Servant of the Most High God. He's going to show us the way unto salvation. Tomorrow. Hey, this is Stephen at the bank. This is Stephen. Servant of the Most High God. He's going to show us the way unto salvation. Hey, I love you, man. Come here. I got a question. I want you to be truthful. Are you a servant of the Most High God? Yes. If somebody needs to get saved, could you show them the way of salvation? Yes. Let's give God praise. Now, let me show you something. So what I was saying is true. Yes. Did you get sick of it? Yes. Well, I was going to say, if you messed that up, Bob, we, got, we wrecked this whole message. The Spirit spoke a truth. You and I need to understand today that miracles are just not ascribed to God Almighty. False prophets will do miracles also. And false prophets will proclaim truths. Here's the thing. She was led by the Spirit of, the spirit of divination. I'm not going to veer from that. Look at it. Pythia. The high priestess to Apollo. The thing is, is that Paul, it said, and after many days. You got sick of that, didn't you? I didn't do that, but like two minutes. The problem today is this. Hey, keep following me. And that's what we want to hear. If we're not careful, we'll be led by other spirits other than the Holy Spirit. You can have a seat. When I say that, this is something I want you to discern today. I'm closing. What I'm getting ready to say is going to upset some. If you read on down, you know what happens. 
her handlers, those that she was enslaved to, because they, he turned, he turned, Paul turned and said, come out of her. He cast it out. And you know what? I see a danger within us that if we're not careful, that will get into us. Oh, you know what? I, I am a servant of the Most High God. Oh, I've led thousands. I've led, I don't know how many. If you're not careful, what's following you around will get into you. That's the reason that anything and everything that we do must be for the glory and purpose of God. Now the meat. They got upset. They said, this has come out. Now what's happened today? And this is something that you're going to see. And, and I'm, I'm gonna, or that I'm seeing the false prophets. What has happened is because they've done that, this is these people have called us fear. They've done this. They've done that. And guess where Paul and Silas end up? In jail. In the inner prison. Beaten down. And the very thing that I believe they were attacked at that moment of prayer, we find them, even though they're beaten, even though they're whooped, even though that, that, we find them doing what? Praying and singing praises unto God. What is it that keeps us from praying? What is it that constricts us? What is it that keeps us from praising God? You see what happens when we get in church and we get squeezed. i got to get home. i got to do this. i got to do that. And then... Now this makes devils mad right here. What am I saying today? The keys to casting it is out is you've got to be grieved. You've got to turn. The Word of God said he turned. He cast it out. He commanded it. He didn't suggest it. And in the name of Jesus, which means salvation in Christ, which means the anointing, the anointing, the anointed one. What's going on today? How many of you believe God has given you some good stuff? How many of you believe? No, how many of you have been given the gift of salvation? Can I ask you again? It's important. How many of you have received the gift of salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ? How many of you want everybody else to have that? you to have it but it's going to cost you this is where we're at I'm telling you to run as far as you can from a false prophet that says I've got a word for you but it'll cost you for me to release it unto you you run as far and as fast as you can if there is anybody that says to you I've got a word and if you give me this I'll give you that how many of you received this gospel freely? So freely you have received, for freely what? Don't you dare get caught up in this realm that we are in or that we're living in right now to where people are blurring the lines. And if they tell you that that word's going to cost you if I give that to you, can I tell you that's got to be something wrong in the presence of God? I come all that way just to tell you this. To watch today like you have never watched before. And to tell you this. 
that Jesus Christ has come to save you and set you free. Praise be to God. I've been given something that I want to give to you. I want to tell you today about Jesus that loved me more than I could have ever thought or believed. That not just part of the way, but went all the way to give everything of Him so that I could experience Him and have that gift of salvation. You're seeing the falling away. You're seeing the other. You're seeing the being led away. You're seeing all these things. And it's happening in the church. I'm telling you to discern. I'm going to ask you right now. Eyes open. No condemnation. But how many of you could say today, how many of you could really be honest before God and say, you know what? I say this a lot, but how many of you, how many of us as a family, today can we say, i got some things I need to make right with the Lord. Would you slip your hand up? Would you slip your hand up? Would you be bold enough to do that? Would you be bold enough? I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll be honest in this. I've got some things I'm making right with the Lord. And I'm thankful for His corrective hand upon me. And I'm saying, God, just keep your hand on me, even if it means a whooping. Keep your hand on me. So what I find is this, is that in the end of it all, and even speaking where we're at right now, this is not the thought, the feel, but rather the will of it all. If I were to ask you today, and I negate this many times anymore, and I don't know why, because it's always the forefront usually of my soul, but if I were to ask you today that if your soul would be required of you today, that if today was the last day that you had here on this planet... Do you just think you'd go? Do you feel you'd go? Or do you know that you'll go to heaven? It's easy to say in church. But can you say today that I know? If you can't say that I know, I don't believe in indulgences. You're saying, where did that come from? I don't believe you can pay me enough to pray you in or out of heaven. Once you die, you are dead. And the only way is this. You're going to live one place or the other, heaven or hell, not purgatory. But God forbid that, well, if if, if you'll give me $100, I'll pray for you that you'll make it. You're saying, how many, does that sound crazy to y'all? But is it true? And what's happened in one realm of faith, you think that just operated there. It's operating now. And it's spreading. Can I tell you, Jesus Christ paid for all of me. He paid for all of you. Hey, if you could, just, just for the sake of focus. And by the way, when, when I tell you focus, you're getting ready to close your eyes, please don't fall asleep. I've watched enough of you do that when you're in here. 
I love you. Don't be upset with me. But can I tell you, would you, for just for the sake of focus, could you just close your eyes, leave your mind open unto the Lord? Right now? Could you be honest with the Holy Ghost right now and say, search me? Show me? How many of you could be right now before God and say, Lord, there's some things that are not right, and I want them right? Now nobody's looking around. It's just you and the Lord. Would you slip your hand up? Say, I got some things I need to make right. Would you slip it up? Would you slip it up? Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Many hands today. Now what's going to keep you? That spirit of divination that, that, that grips you. Christians, for those of you today that you see other people under the grip of the enemy. There's never been a time to where we need to pray like, like we should be praying right now. Without anybody else looking, I'm going to ask for intercessors to come. If you're an intercessor, you've been praying for the prodigals. You've been praying here at the church. You're fasting. You're praying. You're praying for the body of believers. Can I ask you to come on up first? Could I ask you to do that, please? Don't be ashamed. It's any of you and all of you that have been praying and believing. Are there more? This is not just about women. There should be men. Those of you, how many of you have been praying for prodigals? Raise your hand. You've been praying? Well, come on. Because it's the enemy's grip that's got them. Come on. Come on. For those of you that are sitting in your seat and the enemy constricted you, he didn't even want you to raise your hand, but you know what is true. I have to ask you, is Jesus the only way? You raised your hand and said, I got some things that are not right. I want to come. You're here today and you're lost. Come. Come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you that are in the seats now, if you just come up and you just put your hand on somebody else's back. We like men praying with men, ladies praying with ladies, that type of thing. Would you come up now? Would you stand to your feet? And those of you that would, would you come and bind together? The Word says where two or three of you are gathered in my name. If you raised your hand, don't be ashamed to come. Don't be ashamed. Are there more that would come and just simply say, you know what, I want to bind together with you. I want to bind together. I want to believe that prodigals are coming home. Could you be real enough today to say, make things right with me, God. Make things right within me. No condemnation. But simply Him. I love you, church. I think it's evident that we're in the last days.
today if you lifted your hand and there's something not right and whatever it was that held you back in the name of Jesus be free don't let anything hold you back today as we get ready to leave I want you to take with you the power and the presence of God don't leave your assignment here go tell somebody about him if you'll stand to your feet if you're able today I just want to share a little bit of my testimony you know about two and a half years ago we went through a a really dark time in our nation my spirit went through a very dark time you guys know I battle with depression and God brought me through that and he set me free And I shared with you, speaking the name of Jesus is what got me through that time period. In the beginning of September, I got hit with that same spirit. And it came from that same virus. And I was angry because I could feel it closing in again. And God brought me through and he healed me and I didn't have any lasting effects. At least I thought I didn't. And the Sunday that I got released out of quarantine, I sat on this seat in this house, in this place, knowing who my king is, knowing where my strength comes from. And as he talked about that squeezing the life out of you, my heart was racing. I sat there on that pew. My heart got up to 170. I was breaking out in a sweat. I couldn't breathe. And the spirit of fear was gripping the life out of me. And it all comes from that same virus. And I don't know that you're battling that, but I'm going to tell you that that spirit of fear tried to take me that Sunday. And it tried to remind me that it still had power over me. But you know what? I speak the name of Jesus because there's power in that name. But what I want to tell you is that Satan, he's not so clever. He uses the same tricks to come at you. And you may feel like you have arrived. You may feel like that you're not battling those old things anymore. But that spirit of fear can seep back in anywhere there's a crack. And I want to remind you that it is the name of Jesus. It is the Word. It is the blood of the Lamb that will set you free. And if you're battling today, if you've got an assignment that He's keeping you from, If you've got a calling that he has pulled you away from, be reminded that he's a liar, that he is the father of lies, and he has no power over you. Because you see, today God has healed me. He has healed my mind. He has healed my body. He has filled me with his presence. And I am here today because I have that assignment and that calling battling I speak the name of Jesus over you today I pray that he empowers you that he sets you free that he reminds you of who you are in the kingdom and that he has no hold over you that you will rise up in the power the spirit has given you and you will walk in the confidence of the spirit not in yourself not of yourself
because he's come to give us life and life more abundant. And today I want to remind you that there is freedom in him. There's no restricting. There's no squeezing the life out of you. There is freedom. There is breath. And when he says just live, that may be hard for some of you. But if you will give it all to him, he will bless you beyond measure. Really, I believe, just impressed by the Spirit. How many of you have battled the spirit of fear in the last year? Okay, and I mean, in any, it can come in any capacity. I'm not speaking it on you, but I will tell you, I've said this so many times, when I say that we know that fear has been conquered by the blood of Jesus. That's the reason I'm saying I'm not speaking it on you. But just as that, I'm telling you right now, that enemy will try to slide in any way that he can. But I see many of you raise your hand. Forget about everybody else. If you want to receive today, Amy, you're going to pray it. You're going to pray it. I'm going to start it, and you're going to pray it. Rest in Him right now. Heavenly Father, right now. It's evident, Lord. It's evident today. We can declare today that we are more than conquerors to Him that loved us. Today, God, we will not bow down to the spirit of fear. We will not bow down to the spirit of divination that tries its best to squeeze. We will not. We will not because we cannot that, God, this is our time and our assignment that you've given us for this time right now. And, God, we're going to proclaim boldly that you're coming back. And, God, that with this urgency, Lord, May the word ever go forth. For those of you that have battled this, today we're going to declare that Jesus, that Jesus is going to give you the victory. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you are enough, that you are all that we need. You are the one that supplies all of our needs. And when we find that we are inadequate, God, let us call upon your name because it is through you that those chains of fear is broken. It is through you that that spirit has to flee, Father God. And we pray right now for those that are battling, for those that have listened to those whispers. God, I pray that you take every thought captive and replace it with the truth, reminding them of who they are in your kingdom, reminding them that they are your children and that they have been called for a purpose and for such a time as this. God, we pray that every chain be broken, every lie be replaced with truth, and each one that's battling will be empowered with the strength of the the Holy Spirit. And God, we worship you today. We magnify your name today because there is victory in your name and there is freedom in your name. And we proclaim the name over each one in this house today. God, tonight or today we receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody said hallelujah. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.